This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. Well, I would say that you need to strategize your strengths. And so you need to look at what, what skills do you have and whether you have a college degree or not, everyone has some marketable skills and, and part of one way that you can see that is where have you been hired in the past? Like what kind of skills have you um, been paid for by former employers? Because if an employer will pay you for something, then a client will likely pay you for that same skill as well. dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're talking about building successful six-figure businesses. Oh, yeah. This one is for all you entrepreneurs, soon-to-be entrepreneurs, or dreamers out there. But as young parents, how can we grow a business that we're passionate about and make enough money to support our family? It's kind of a little uh, mystery there. So to help us unlock this magical money mystery, I've invited Crystal Lee Beck on the show today. Crystal Lee is a mama of two with one on the way, a published writer, a six-figure entrepreneur, and the co-founder of the Mama Ladder International. This is an organization that empowers women at the intersection of motherhood and entrepreneurship. When she's not raising her young children, helping women create businesses and building her own, you'll find her climbing mountains, racing triathlons, and adventuring outside with her family. Welcome to the show, Crystal Lee. Thanks so much, Andy. Well, you're probably not racing triathlons, climbing mountains at 38 weeks, right? <laughs> tell, no. tell everybody your current situation, no. <laughs> Crystal Lee. <laughs> I, I'm sitting here very round and very pregnant, but <laughs> I I did go swimming this morning. I did swim a third of a mile and I, I still can do my little, I can do little hikes so I can go about a mile hiking, but I'm, I'm definitely not running or racing right now. <laughs> that's incredible. Good for your health and inspiring for your young kids. So that's very cool. Well, uh, Crystal Lee, let's talk about this entrepreneurship world. So before you became an entrepreneur, what what were you doing in in the corporate world? Yeah, so I was in a I like to call it the corporate ladder world, where um, my background's in communication, and that's my master's degree is professional communication. And I worked at a global sales and marketing company, and I my first job there was as a marketing writer, and I got to work with some really cool brands, some some big tech brands like Microsoft and HP, Sony, and I got to see kind of behind the scenes how they did their marketing. And and then my, my role kind of evolved to become an internal communication manager role where I was was the editor of the company magazine and I got to do some really cool things. Um, but, but yeah, that was, that was my corporate ladder life. Very cool. So why did you decide to change outside of that? Well, ultimately, I, uh, ultimately a, f- a few things were part of that decision. Um, so I had a baby, which, which always, always changes the way you look at the world and, and, sh- and kind of shakes up your priorities. And, and man, I just, just fell head over heels for her. And for her first year of life, I was still working full time. And I, I had coordinated with my manager that I worked from home two days a week. 
but I always felt so torn that I wasn't, I wasn't getting the time with her that I wanted. And I also, I also didn't feel like I was as passionate about my job as I had been before. Cause I, I just wanted more time with her, but, but ultimately I ended up being laid off. There was a, a big layoff. So the week after she turned one, and I, I actually was pregnant with my second baby at the time, but I hadn't announced it yet because it was still fairly soon. But um, they had a big layoff, and and I was one of those that was laid off that day. And and honestly, I was I was really happy about it. And I there was of course uncertainty financially, but um, I was I'd been for months trying to figure out what do, what do I do because I was kind of tied to my salary and my benefits and. And so being laid off for me was kind of a, an answer from the universe. <laughs> well, that's cool. So what was your husband doing at this time? I know that's probably a, um, you guys were thinking about it, but then it all, all of a sudden just happened where you were not working anymore. What was your husband doing for income? You know, I was the breadwinner at the time, actually, okay. and he he'd finished grad school and then he he was in between like he'd been applying for jobs, but he was unemployed. So when I got laid off, we were both unemployed and that that lasted for almost a year, actually. It was wow. a long time. <laughs> yeah. With um, two young kids or, or, or one kid and one on the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How, how so, far along <laughs> were you in your pregnancy at that point? I was like 15, 16 weeks. So I still had, let's see. So that was in February of 2015. And then he was born in August of 2015. So about six months later he was born. And yeah, so I, we were kind of, we lived on my unemployment checks for those six months and, um, and we'd actually bought our first little house. And so my husband is very, very, and the reason why he didn't have like a, a job. I, I want to give him some credit here because we'd bought our first little house, but it needed a lot of work. And my husband is really handy and very talented, like carpenter. And I mean, just amazing with buildings. And so, so he worked full time on our house, getting our house ready for us to move into. We were in an apartment. And so we had this house, he was working on it and, and then he was applying for jobs on the side. But, um, but ultimately that was how he was spending his time. And, and I was teaching as an adjunct professor a couple nights a week. So I had, I had a very, very small paycheck there. And then I had my, um, my, unemployment paycheck too. So that's, we just kind of lived off, just lived very simply on that. Wow. Well, you're, you're smiling today and laughing about it, but at that point, I mean, what, what was going through your mind, uh, when you were both unemployed with one small child and then, uh, a new house and 15 weeks, <laughs> 15 weeks pregnant, what, what was going through your mind at that point? I know. And it really, you're so, so spot on to say, yeah, it's easy to smile about it now, but, but definitely at the time it was terrible terrifying. I mean, there are some days where, I mean, and, and I'll just be very open here, like where I felt a lot of bitterness that I was like, this, this is not what I thought my life would be. And this isn't what I thought I signed up for. And here we both have master's degrees and we're capable and we're intelligent, but we're like barely getting by and living like at a poverty level. And, um, but honestly I smile about it because that was such a valuable time for my husband and I to kind of rally together and, and where you are, you are all about marriage and family here. I mean, it, that was the hardest thing that we've gone through so far, but it, it really bonded us and, and to go through something like that, um, made us both very determined that we wouldn't be in that position again. 
I love to hear that. I, I love that it brought you closer together in, in the adversity um, as opposed to the opposite way. That's, that's, that's great to hear. So what, what did you guys do to rally, rally together and, and get out of that spot? I mean, it sounds like entrepreneurship was your tool. So how, how did you start? How did you start that? Yeah. So, so I, I decided, cause here, I mean, I was, I was pretty, I mean, increasingly getting more and more pregnant and I was like, I know I could, <laughs> I could get a job, but who's going to want to hire me? I mean, there are laws that protect quote, protect women. But the reality is who wants to hire someone who's six months pregnant and it's going to, going to take a maternity leave pretty soon. And, and also just, I mean, I'd wanted to start my own business for so long and I, I didn't want to go back to working full time. I'm like, I, 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 I'd felt so trapped in the nine to five world. And I wanted so much with the second baby to be more available to, to him and to my daughter. And, and so it, that was really, uh, kind of a soul searching time for me. And so anyways, I had, I had my second baby and then when he was six months old, so this was a full year after I'd been laid off, I was, I'd, I'd been doing some little freelance projects on the side in marketing, but when he was six months old, I was ready to, I was ready to start my own business and I got a business license and I'll never forget that day. It was in February again. So it was a full year after I got laid off. And, um, and that day I made some big decisions that I, I would figure out business and, and regardless of what happened with my husband or his job or whatever, I'm like, I'm going to figure this out. And I'm, I just really committed to it. That's cool. So what, what does figuring out business mean? What, what did you do to figure it out? <laughs> this business thing sounds cool. I want to do that. Like how do you figure this thing out? <laughs> um, well, it's definitely been a journey and I, I'm still on the journey, but I reached out to, entrepreneurs that I really admire and that I wanted to learn from. And, and that I would say for anyone out there listening is a huge part of being able to quote, create your own ladder, which is what I, I like to call starting your own business instead of climbing someone else's ladder is, is, um, looking for mentors and people who, who care about you and can teach you. And so I, yeah, I did that. I would, I would call people up and ask them questions. And, and I remember, um, one of my, one of the women that I just admire so much, and she's a mom of five and she, she owns a communication business. They have, they own five magazine publications. Um, I knew that she was such a busy woman. So I found out about, she was going to this conference and I paid to get into the conference. She was a vendor there I paid to get into this conference just so that I could sit with her at her booth and have some time with her to ask her questions. That's great. <laughs> so I was like, I'll come to you wherever you are. If you'll give me some time, I just want to learn from you. Um, I love and that, that, yeah, that, that was, a. I called that first year, like my personal MBA because I was so thirsty for knowledge about how business works. I still am, but that, especially that first year or so I was just, any, anything I could get my hands on. I mean, read all kinds of books, talked to lots of different people. I mean, signed up for lots of different courses and coaching and all kinds of stuff. Um, just so that I could, 
I could learn as fast as possible. Well, so obviously in your first year of figuring out business or understanding what business is and learning from people, you're probably not making a lot of money at that point, right? So what what was the first year looking like revenue wise? I know where you are today in your intro, you're doing great. You're making six figures and life is good. But that first year, we're talking to a lot of people on this show who are maybe thinking about being an entrepreneur and want to let them know a little bit about that first year. So what, what was it like that first year revenue wise? Well, I officially, I, I say that I officially really started in May because that's when I got a babysitter and I was actually serious because I, I had my business license in February and for three, three months I was, I was like, you know, money's still tight. I don't want to pay babysitter. And I, I tried to like squeeze things in for naps and, and then within three months though, I was like, you know what, if I'm serious about this and I really want to make money and, and be able to focus, then I need to invest in a babysitter. And I really saw it as an investment. So in May of 2016, I, I hired a babysitter to come three afternoons a week. So it wasn't a ton of time. It was like 12 hours a week to come. And, and my, I remember sitting down with my husband at the park one day with our kids are playing and he was like, um, cause I, I'd hardly was making any money at all. And he's like, as long as you can pay for the babysitter, then I'm fine with it. Like, <laughs> I know that this is fun for you, but as long as you can just cover your costs. And, and, and so I committed to that and it was actually a little scary. Cause I was like, I, I'm not sure. Cause it was a, f- a few hundred dollars a month. And I was like, I'm, I'm not even making that right now. But, but I, I told him I'm going to figure that out and I'm going to make it worth my time so that that I'm, I'm making money, not just (laughs) handing it over to a babysitter. Um, so yeah, the first really, I mean, from May until the end of that year was, let's see, my revenue actually was, it was in like the forties. I think it was like 47,000. That's incredible. Um, oh, thank you. And, 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 and part of the reason that I was able to do that um, is the the field, like my chosen field um, in marketing content services, is that um, it's my team and I do high level writing. So this isn't just like spitting out a fifteen dollar blog post. Like these are these are very um, high level. Um, researched. So it, there's there's a lot that goes into it, and and that's something that that companies really need and they're willing to pay for to have thought leadership articles that are high value and, and really well written. And so, so yeah, that's, that's one other thing I would say for anyone out there is to make sure this is something I learned from my mentors too, to make sure that whatever it is that you are offering is something that has, has that there's an appetite for it in the market and that people are willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's really important. Absolutely. So you, um, you started to describe a little bit of what you do. You say you in-depth content writing for brands, what type of brands, what type of content, just so people can get understanding a little bit further. Yeah, sure. And, and now that it's been two and a half years, I mean, this has evolved. So I've got a, a much more clear picture of what we do and who we do it for. So my my talented team of writers and I provide long form content for tech and real estate brands. Hmm. And we've really narrowed it down. So at first I was kind of doing writing for anybody who'd pay me money. And very quickly, I realized that I needed to multiply myself and get some help because 
I didn't want to work full time. So I needed to have some help to be able to fulfill like client demand. Um, but, but yeah, so we, we do, we write things like case studies and blog posts, ghost writing for, for thought leaders. And so a lot of, when I say long form, I mean, things that are more than 500 words. So we don't do like ad copy. We don't do social media. We don't do websites, but we do, um, content that can be used for these companies to really for them to get clients. So it's a, a lead generation tool for them. Excellent. Well, thanks for explaining that further. Cause sometimes we talk about what we do and it just comes out like, Oh, you know, I'm talking to my buddy, but got to describe <laughs> it a little bit. And that helps, that helps everybody get an understanding. So you, you made 47 or 40 ish that first year. And then, uh, you know, we talked about you being a, a six figure, uh, entrepreneur now. So was it the, scaling process? Was it the, uh, working with other writers in your business that helped you to scale to that number? Yes. Yeah, so in, in 2017, my, my goal, cause there I'd had about a half of a year and I, and I was right around 40, 47, it was 47 or 48. I'd have to look at my record skin, but and I was like, if I can do that in a half a year, then in a full year, why not be able to, to pass the six figure mark? So I was, I was so set on that and I was so determined to do it. And actually I, um, I bought myself a, a hundred grand bar, those candy bars. I love and it. I, and I put it up like in front of my desk so that I would see it every day. And it, I mean, it sat there for months. So it was probably gross by then, but, but I, um, but yeah, I just look at it and just say, I'm going to, I'm going to, that's going to be mine at the end of this year. I'm, I'm doing this. And so you, you asked how, how did that happen? And honestly, it, it was definitely part of scaling was huge. So I went from having two or three writers to having eight writers. So bringing on a bigger teams so that we could handle more workload. And then also, um, really just making a, a bigger effort with business development. So um, and that's really where I focus most of my time, where now my team handles a lot of the writing and they do a fantastic job. Um, they handle actually, I would say 98% of the writing. Like I, I almost don't even write at all anymore um, in the business, but I, I focus on building relationships and on revenue generating activities like getting new clients. And so, um, so last year I, yeah, I just reached out to anyone that I knew who I thought could possibly use our services, which most companies can. It's just a matter of if they already have an internal team handling content creation or if they need some extra support. And, and, and then I, um, it's, it's, um, the start is the hardest part, but once you start building like a reputation and a portfolio with whatever service you offer, then you start getting referrals. So I started having some referrals coming in and, and so throughout the year last year, let's see, we had almost, it was almost 30 different clients throughout the year. And some of them were really short engagements. So it'd be kind of a one-off one case study, which we don't do that anymore, but, but then some of others were longer term. And that's, that's really where I focus this year is longer term. But as far as hitting that six figure goal, um, and, and it's funny because I actually was doing a no sugar challenge for myself last year. So I wasn't even needing sugar, but, um, on December 23rd, at the very end of the year, I got a check from a client that, that put me over that threshold into the, the six figure world. It was, 
um, so yeah. And I was like a thousand dollars into it. I was like 101, but I'm like, I did it. I did it. And, and so my husband actually ate the candy bar, but oh, was that I'm sure that slimy chocolate bar tasted delicious. <laughs> I'm like, it's been sitting there for a long time anyway. So we'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? <laughs> if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Thanks for considering our sponsors, everyone. Let's jump back into the show. about the husband let's talk about the kids you know this is this is all really exciting the business side of things but you got a family too i understand and i maybe i've read this wrong but you've managed to double your former full-time corporate salary on a part-time schedule is that right yeah because i i mean i was making half that when i was working full-time so i mean and i'm now i work part-time so i i work 20 hours a week so yeah. That's incredible. So you designed your business now 20 hours a week so that you could have the majority of the week spent as mom, as wife, as runner, as mountain climber. Is that right? <laughs> right. Right. Very cool. And, that, and that's something that I, I, I teach moms that I work with um, through the mama ladder is for me, 
it's time is more important than money, especially when you have small children at home, because you can never get that time back. And so I always like to ask them, how many hours a week do you want to work? What is ideal for you? And so for me, I decided working about 20 hours a week. So about four hours a day, um, is, is ideal for me. And so that's, and then actually I've, I've had a couple of different scenarios. So sometimes I've had a babysitter come four days a week and I, I work five hours each day. Um, but, but usually it's, it's right around 18 to 20 hours a week. And so what that does for me is it gives me this framework yep. to, to say, okay, well, whatever money goals I have, they need to work within this time constraint because my mornings are dedicated to taking care of myself and enjoying my kids. So that like exercise time, um, which I have three things I do each day, body, babies, business. So the morning is for body and babies. Then my afternoons are for business and, and having that as my, my per it's, it's, if, and self-enforced, um, um, time bound rule, I guess. But, but having that has really helped me keep this very healthy balance where if, if things start getting too crazy and I can't fit my work within that 20 hours, then it means that I need to, to pull back and either delegate something to my team, or maybe I, I need to make some other decisions and say no. Um, because I, I refuse to miss that precious time with my kids. I just won't do it. I love that. I, I love that you put that first. You, you didn't put like, hey, I need to get that six figures first. You put the, I need to figure out how I can create a lifestyle that surrounds my family because it's the most important thing to me and my health. I love that you put that as as your first thing. That's incredible because without a... Without a healthy Crystal Lee, there's no there's no mama. <laughs> there's no mama ladder. There's there's none of that. So that's 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 awesome. Well, let's let's keep inspiring those mamapreneurs out there. And, and you know what? It doesn't have to be just mama. I'm pretty I'm pretty inspired right now. So let's talk to, <laughs> let's talk to the stay at home parents that are looking to build something that allows them to work part time like you have, and then also <laughs> spend time with their kids part time. And this twenty hour work week sounds incredible. So where's the best place? for a person like that to start? Well, I would say that you need to strategize your strengths. And so you need to look at what, what skills do you have and whether you have a college degree or not, everyone has some marketable skills and and part of one way that you can see that is where have you been hired in the past? Like what kind of skills have you um, been paid for by former employers? Because if an employer will pay you for something, then a client will likely pay you for that same skill as well. And so everyone, everyone has different, different strengths and different, um, things that they can offer. So, so really take an evaluation of that. And then, and then, like I said earlier, you want to think through what it is that you can offer that's valuable and that helps, um, helps others. And, and so there's business to business, B2B or business to customer B2C. So that's selling directly. So, um, that's a lot of your like boutiques and shops and all that kind of stuff where, 
I found business to business tends to be more lucrative just because businesses. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And there's a reason why I've chosen tech and real estate as the industries that we write for, because both of those industries have deep pockets. Yeah. And, and so I, I have no problem charging them a high amount because I know they have the money to pay for it. So be thinking about too. Yeah. Think about where customers are that, that can pay for the services you want to offer. And, and, you know, I also, I just have to, I have to pipe in here and you've probably talked about this book before, but, um, a book that I love Andy is millionaire next door, Oh yeah, the millionaire next door. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you gotta love that. And he's got a, a section in there, you know, actually it might be the millionaire woman next door. Mm. I get those two cause I have both of them. So I think it's in mil- it's in millionaire woman next door. Okay. Yeah. And millionaire women next is it door. Also written by Thomas Stanley. Yes. Okay. Yep. They're both by Thomas Stanley. And, and as it, the title indicates it's specifically about, um, American, well, it's American business women, but he talks all about, um, he has a, a chapter that focuses on the type of business that you choose. And he, he outlines like all the different types of industries that you could choose for your business. And it's, it's actually a really important decision, which industry you choose, because the opportunities are so much greater in, in some industries than in others. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so yeah, I would highly recommend that for, for women specifically, but for men too, there's a lot of good stuff in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's, let's talk about the men a little bit. So for, for the husbands and the fathers that are out there that are listening that, um, that want to support their wives, maybe the, the stay at home mom that's looking to transition into something or, or somebody in your situation where you were laid off, what can we do as the men, as the husbands, the fathers to support our wives in their entrepreneurial ventures? Oh, I love that you asked this. I love it. That's that's, that's the type of show we have here, Crystal. I just wanted you to know that. The good questions. We are all about (laughs) women's empowerment, women's equality, women's rights. We are, we are, we are fathers to women. We are husbands to women. Sons. That's absolutely right. Absolutely right. So what can we do to support our wives in these entrepreneurial ventures? Well, I would say, and, and having a husband who has been so supportive of me, honestly, the power that you husbands have is immeasurable in helping your wife have confidence in helping her feel that she is capable. I mean, that it is so critical. I, I would not be doing the things I'm doing if I didn't have such a supportive husband. And so some of the things that he does for me that, that other husbands and that you listening out there can do for your wife. Um, he really has an open mind as far as, as gender roles. So we, and and you have to work out between the two of you, what, what works, but my husband is not threatened at all by the fact that I like making money and I'm a businesswoman and I, and I really thrive on creating and, and, he, he, in fact, he, he really encourages it. So I would say that's probably the first thing is, um, is to give your wife space to grow and, and just let her play and let her create and, and don't feel like in any way that there needs to be any sense of competition between the two of you, because ultimately you're a team. So when she succeeds, 
you succeed, like it's a success for your family. And so I've, I've never felt any kind of, um, any, any, that my husband feels any kind of threat or competition. Like if anything, he's, he's like, go honey, go. Like he just, he wants me to, to reach my own goals. And then, and then another thing I would say is to, to be, uh, be there as a confidant and even as a coach of sorts that um, inevitably in entrepreneurship, there are really hard things that happen and there are down days and there are days when you question yourself and, and, and your wife will. And when she's, she's unsure and feels, feels scared. And so when those days happen, if you can be there as her rock and her support and just love her and, and help point out the things she's already accomplished, that will be so huge for her in having, having the guts to keep going. Crystal Lee, let me, let me ask you a question. Sometimes when, when those tough days happen, um, when I, when I got married to my wife originally, she'd come to me and tell me about those tough days. And uh, I don't know if this is a man thing or maybe just, it's an Andy thing. I go straight into fix it mode. Let me tell you what you should do, how we can fix this. Is that just me or is that, uh, is that, a, is that a man thing that you've seen in the past? <laughs> Andy, I think you're, <laughs> you anomaly, you know, <laughs> I know. Well, it's no, funny. I, 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 I bring it up because, because <laughs> your point, your point is spot on. It's something that I've learned over my short marriage is that sometimes my wife just wants me to listen. Yes. And, and, listen. and no, and I don't okay. think, I don't think you're you're an anomaly at all. I think that's, that's pretty typical of most men that they, they do want to jump in. And, and my husband has definitely done that at different points. And, and sometimes I have to tell him like, I just need you to listen to me right now. That's all I need. I just need you to listen and give me a hug. I don't need you to fix it. Just listen to me. And, 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 you know, it's natural. I think as, as the, the man and the protector to, to want to just, protect your wife and, and, um, save her from things that are going wrong. But there's a lot of value in letting her figure things out for herself and, and just being someone that she can share with. Yeah, that's good. Well, I think you'd like a book. Um, uh, I have a guest that we just had on the show. Uh, it's called when she makes more by Farnoosh Tarabi. Uh, Ooh. I think you'd really like it. Uh, she's a very successful woman out of New York and, uh, starting some fun conversations around that, you know, the, you know, this, this history we've had where men are historically making more. And now there's a rise where women are now getting to that point where they're making a lot more. And, and then that dynamic between the husband and wife. So you might want to check that one out and everybody who hasn't listened to that show, check that one out. Uh, so question. So we talk, we talk the marriage dynamic, we talk about building the business. This is really exciting. So when people are building their business and working with you and having these conversations, what is your thought around raising capital or taking on business debt? Do you, are you a bootstrapping kind of uh, entrepreneur coach lady, or are you a go to the bank and get it done fast kind of woman? <laughs> well, I personally, I feel most comfortable. I'm very debt averse. Um, so, so having two businesses because here with my marketing content business, after doing that for about a year, I just, I just kept seeing the benefits. And so just quick backstory here. And, and I just realized other mothers need to know that this is an option, that they don't have to be stuck in a corporate ladder life and they don't have to to sit it out either if they want to create a business. So that's what started the mama ladder. And, and so for me, the way that I've personally done it is that I took funds from 
my content marketing business. Um, so I basically was my own investor and I invested in the mama ladder and, and I mean, I put a pretty nice chunk of change into getting the mama ladder started and going and, and the mama ladder has almost paid back. And by the end of this year, I've paid back the loan that my first business put into it. But, um, but not everyone has that as an option where if, if it's their, their very first business. Um, uh, so, so honestly, I mean, I, I personally feel most comfortable not taking business loans, but if someone wants to, and they have a very, smart plan in place and they, they really know their market, they really know their customers, then, then it can make sense to get a loan. Okay. That's cool. That makes a lot of sense. So what if, what if mothers out there have no clue what kind of business they want to do? Uh, You know, how do they, how do they start? How do they come up with that idea? Well, I would say, I mean, really look at, look at what your interests are. And because you're going to be spending a lot of time on building this business and talking about it and promoting it. And so whatever it is that really interests you, whether that's interior design or real estate or, uh, being a painter, I mean, whatever it is, like you want to pick something that, that is important to you and speaks to you. So look at, look at your passions and, and look at, evaluate your skills and your, your strengths as far as what you can offer. And, and somewhere in the mix of the, the two of those, um, you're going to want to find something that others are willing to pay for. And when you find that thing, it's, if you have three circles here and have them like overlapping Venn diagram here, the thing that you find in the middle of those three areas. So your, your passion, your skills and what's marketable, you'll find something that you can create a business out of. I like it. I like it. Okay, cool. So tell us about this high five grant. Okay. Well, the high five grant for moms is our giving back initiative at the mama ladder. And so Oh, I, I just love this program. So it, we give $5,000 twice a year in our grant in the summer and in the winter to promising mom entrepreneurs. And since and we're in January now, so tell us, tell us what, uh, tell us what the program is for this year. Yes. So at highfivegrant.com, you can find all the details. And so this grant is specifically for mom entrepreneurs. And the reason we created it is that there, there is such a need for capital. It's really important to just to get started. It it does take some money to start making money. And so, um, I personally had looked for grants for women and there are so few of them and they were so competitive that it was almost impossible to get them. And so, um, I just was thinking, what is it that moms really need who are business owners? And they came, kept coming to me, like they need help with cash and cash flow. So, so the high five grant is a way that we help pass it forward. And so please apply you mom entrepreneurs out there. Where does the money come from? You know, we actually use the application fees. So we, um, the very first time we, in the summer of 2018, we had three sponsors and then we ended out at the mama ladder paying for a good chunk of it ourselves. Um, and then we also have an application fee and the application fees go directly into paying for the grant, but also 
it's not just a grant this year. We, we, we've really up-leveled it. So the winner not only gets $5,000, but she's being flown out to Los Angeles to meet with our exclusive sponsor, Belly Bandit. And, and that was started by moms and it's a international multi-multi-million dollar company. So, so the winner will get to have some business coaching from, from the leaders at Belly Bandit. And then the second place winner will go to our mama spring break business and adventure retreat, which it's a yeah free ticket for the second place. And then the third place will help with business services. So we've got some pretty amazing prizes for the, the three winners. That's incredible. Very cool. Well, so tell us again where people can go to, to apply for that high five grant. It's at high five grant.com. And if you look on Instagram with the hashtag high five grant, you'll find hundreds and hundreds of women from around the world who have applied. And and so what we have them do is write on their hand, their why, and then they take a picture. So it's a, their high five, if you will, um, of why they're in business, why it matters to them. And, And some of the, some of the stories that are shared are so moving and touching about the the passion these women have for their business and how they're trying to do good in the world through their business. I love it. Well, Crystal Lee, thank you so much for taking time with us and at 30 week, 38 weeks uh, pregnant. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. So where, where can people find you and follow you outside of the high five grant.com? And check out the mamaladder.com and we spell it M A M A the mamaladder.com. And that's where you can find out all about, what we offer to help, um, mom entrepreneurs and yeah, so that's the best place to go. We're, we're on Instagram and Facebook, um, at the mama ladder and we please reach out and say hi and let me know that you found me through talking with Andy. I'd love to, I'd love to hear from you. Yes, please do so everybody. Thank you so much, Crystal Lee. I'll put all that information in the show notes and, uh, congratulations on your success and best of luck with the next couple of weeks of your, uh, of your, uh, your motherhood here creating another, another life in the world. That's just so cool. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to talk to you right now. Thank you so much, Andy. This has been really fun. Thank you. Inspiring words from a successful entrepreneur who's putting self-care and family first. I love it. That's exactly what the show is all about. Here are my top three takeaways from my conversation with Crystal Lee Beck. Number one, strategize your strengths. If you're making the leap from the corporate world to the entrepreneurial world and you still want to make a decent living for your family, start by making a list of your marketable skills. Then also make a list of your passions and your hobbies. Once you got both of those lists, set them next to each other and then see how you can intersect them. Intersect the two. Yes, yes, yes. So for example, I went through this exercise before um, I decided to go down this little entrepreneurial venture of mine. I set up a list um, and two of my marketable skills were writing and giving presentations because I do that at, at work all the time. And then on my passions or hobbies list, I like listening to podcasts and I like personal finance. 
So then I mixed the two of them, crumpled them up into a ball. And then I, when I unfolded it, it said, start a podcast, Andy. <laughs> no, you really don't do that. You just, you essentially mush them together though. And you figure out what you can do. So podcast was born out of that exercise. So, and then that's exactly what Crystal Lee Beck did as well. She knew that she had a talent for writing from her previous corporate ladder life she then infused that skill with her passion for helping women thrive. Very cool. So make your two lists and see what you can do to create your own entrepreneurial path, or as Crystal Lee Beck likes to say it, your own mama ladder. A great book for this exercise is called Will It Fly by Pat Flynn. So I read that a couple years ago, right around the time I was thinking about doing the show, and I'll put that in the show notes for you guys to check out. Number two... Don't compromise on your values. I love, 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 loved when Crystal Lee told us that her motto was body, babies, and business, the three Bs. She focuses on her health first so she can be the best mom, wife, and entrepreneur. And that is just a great way to structure your day. And I love when, when people talk about putting exercise as the first thing that they do in the morning because we all get those excuses, right? Hey, I'm going to exercise after work. Oh, I'm too tired. I'm not going to do it. If you make it the first thing you do when you get up in the morning, you've got it done and you're feeling great for the rest of the day. So big, big, um, big props for Crystal Lee on that one. Also, she structured her business around her family. So she's not working more than 20 hours per week. That is so cool. That is so aspirational, especially for me, man. I, I'm working like crazy right now. So when I hear that message, that just gets me all jacked up. And as a young mother, you know, the fact that she's doing that, she's purposely prioritizing family over business, which is great. That's something we can all strive for. Number three, set a goal and create a visual for that goal. Crystal Lee had the big, big goal of hitting six figures in revenue in her business. And she worked hard. She said no to projects that were out of her specific niche, which is very smart to do. And she kept that visual of the hundred grand bar as her motivator. I, I love that. I could just think about that slimy chocolate bar that was sitting there all year, but it was a good motivator and something in front of her. You know, a lot of people are visual, so they need to see something to keep them going. And that was her huge motivator. So find out what yours is. I've, I've spoken to some other people that you know, keep like a, a a vision board or a mood board or something that's in front of them that they can see maybe by a mirror and they put that next to their goals. So they are motivated every day to think about what those goals are, both entrepreneurial and personal. So think about that for your big personal or entrepreneurial goals. And you could figure out your own slimy, sticky chocolate bar metaphor <laughs> or visual. And it'll be a huge motivator to keep you working hard and focused. So those are my top three takeaways. Number one, strategize your strengths. Number two, don't compromise on your values. And then number three, set a goal and create a visual for that goal. The thought of becoming a first-time entrepreneur can be, it can be intimidating when you think about it, really. But honestly, most all incredible things in life that we do can feel that way. Having kids, you know, becoming a mom and dad, getting married, you know, asking that girl out, asking that guy out. These are all intimidating things or asking for the raise at work or, you know, going out on your own for the first time with your business. They're all difficult and challenging, but they're so worth it. So worth it. 
it's time to announce the Money Masters of the Week. That's right. We got Keelan and Brittany Klein from New York. They recently shared a big win on their blog, which I'm a big fan of, thesavvycouple.com. This small online business that they started just a couple years ago has reached a consistent $10,000 in revenue each month for the entire year last year. That is incredible. And this is an online business that they're able to do from home, and it's really helping them out to make some major improvements in their finances. They were able to pay off $25,000 of student loans in just five months. And this is from their side hustle. Talk about a powerful side hustle. So check them out at thesavvycouple.com and they're going to inspire you guys to hit your goals. So Keelan and Brittany, thank you so much for inspiring us with this awesome news on your blog and congratulations for being our Money Masters of the Week. Do you have a recent financial victory that you want to share on the show? Shoot me a note at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. I would love to hear from you. These can be entrepreneurial focused or personally uh, personal goals focused, anything, anything you're working on with your family, a lot of the things that we cover on this show. We want to help young families thrive, and this is a great place to celebrate your victories. So again, contact me, marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. Would love to hear from you. You'll find all the links and resources for today's show at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 118. That's session 118. Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do any of these three things to support this show. Number one, leave a review in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. And number two, subscribe in your favorite podcast player of choice. And that way we can hang out every week. And then number three, share this episode with a friend who is considering jumping into the entrepreneur world and maybe needs some motivation with Crystal Lee Beck's story. And if you're new to the show, I would highly recommend checking out session 116. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 116. So you can understand the mission and philosophy of this podcast. It's a great place to start. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Lao Tzu. A journey of a thousand miles must begin with a single step. Your ideal work and family life awaits you, my friends. Carpe diem! 